audio check. On today's episode, we have Dr. Hillary Blackburn. She's a pharmacist with Dispensary of Hope. We got into a lot in this episode, and I really did enjoy it. Uh, we talked about business, getting an MBA. Uh, we talked about the future of pharmacy, also some pain points in pharmacy right now, um, what to do if you're you know, looking how to impact the field. And uh, we kind of interviewed each other on here, so uh, she's asking me some questions, I'm asking her some questions. And um, it, it was really nice because we, we were visiting her home in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where I was down there for RBC. Um, so I really do ho- hope you guys enjoy the episode. But before we get into it, I did want to make um, uh, make you guys aware that there's now going to be some really cool lapel pins uh, that are on the uh, RX Radio store. Um, you just go to www.rxradio.fm. Uh, that's uh, F as in Frank, M as in Mary, .fm, not .com. So I don't want to take up too much of your time before we start the episode here, but um, listen all the way to the end because I'll give you instructions on how to get a discount code if you want to do if you do want to buy some of those lapel pins. Without further ado, here's the episode. Let's go. Hey guys, it's Richard and Hillary. What's up? We're here in Nashville. <laughs> so excited. Uh, Richard and I have been, we've known about each other, collaborated, done some fun things, and it's exciting to finally meet in person. So. Yeah. Yeah. We did a podcast episode previously um, for on both of our shows, and um, but Nashville's great. Uh, thank you. You gave us a bunch of rec- cool recommendations for my wife and myself to enjoy, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um we did not plan a whole lot in terms of what we're going to talk about, but which I'm actually excited about because that means we can just chop it up, like just kind of talk about what's on our minds, uh, obviously about pharmacy and just life in general. So um, uh, one thing I guess we can start off with is just like maybe like how things are going, like maybe talk about what each other's up to. Yeah. Um, if you want to you start us off. Sure. What I are you up to? What am I up to? <laughs> What am I not up to? Um, well, I think the the biggest thing um, that is new for for me is um, I decided to get my MBA. So yeah. that is something that I've been thinking about for a long time. Had never been the right time. Hadn't been. Um, yeah. So it just kind of the stars aligned, and I uh, found a great program through Western Governors University that is competency-based and self-paced so um, I can get the content and the material that I want to learn and like finance, accounting. Uh, But I've been learning leadership skills, um, you know, been really passionate about um, learning more from about leadership and read a lot of books. Uh, The team that I work with at Dispensary of Hope has been great in um, bringing me up and building and helping me to, to grow my confidence uh, so that I can be seen as a, as a leader in the pharmacy field. Um, and I think that having this MBA uh, that I started around Memorial Day, um, I'm already three courses in. So, you know, yeah. pharmacists are a little bit of overachievers. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've put a couple things on the back burner um, brought on uh, a student who I'll be sharing more about 
um, her soon. So teaser there. Nice. And inside scoop. Yeah, <laughs> the inside scoop. But um, she's great, and and you know sometimes you gotta let go a little bit and mm-hmm. to be able to to scale it up and um, coming up on two years of doing the talk to your pharmacist podcast so um we're like our podcasts are like twins they are right? i think that that you might have more episodes and yeah. maybe more listeners <laughs> but well some but, twins you know they try to like you know do other things and you know some <laughs> twins are just like ah oh, i'm just here we just look alike but i'm here so, yeah, we both launched in August of uh, 2017. Yeah. So it's been fun to to grow it. And um, I think, you know, excited to bring the positivity uh, to pharmacy. So, yeah. And you've had a lot of changes over the past two years as well. Yes. So I think the last time since we spoke, um, I think I was doing, I was still in community pharmacy. I was uh, working at Publix at the time. Um, I was doing some private MTM consulting, and then um, since then, I've uh, taken a position with VUCA Health. I'm now um, running operations for the company, and uh, which is going great, which is one of the reasons I'm basically here in Nashville. Yeah. Um, we're attending a show. We, um, our company has a presence at RBC Cardinal. Mm-hmm. So, um, But we, uh, we work with uh, independent pharmacies um, all the way up to health systems, specialty pharmacies, where uh, we put QR codes on, on the vials to allow them to get access to digital information. Um, and then we have an API that can uh, integrate some of these videos into mobile applications, websites, mm-hmm. patient portals, things like that. So yeah. definitely a, a change of pace from what I was doing, you know, in pharmacy, like in the community pharmacy, mm-hmm. but uh, really the same goals though, which is just educating the patients um, as best as we can, uh, increasing health literacy, improving outcomes, ch- trying to change behavior. So, but um, but the positivity thing, I mean, I think that's what's great about kind of what we're doing kind of in parallel um, mm-hmm. is just trying to keep like, like, look, there's a lot of great, there's, yes, there's a lot of bad things that are happening in the industry, Sure. but at the same time, like there's actually, we're still on the forefront of developing our our like what pharmacy means in the world and in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So there's still so much crazy like opportunity yeah. out there. So And just like you said, like, I mean, both of us have had careers that were traditional. You know, I actually was in a, a lot of several different roles. I did um, residency training at uh, Academic Medical Center in, in Mississippi, independent pharmacy, worked for a Medicare Part D health plan, um, mail order specialty pharmacy. And it was through actually volunteering that I came to Dispensary of Hope. And so all of those skills and having having spent time at HRSA or Health Resources and Services Administration with the Office of Pharmacy Affairs who administers the 340B program um, that's really dedicated towards um, serving the safety net, getting uh, discounted prices to covered entities. Um, it's it's funny because we have we've both kind of found our, a niche or found, you know, used skills that, that we've brought and discovered along the way, like with you, like Mm. social media and, and, um, and yeah, so that now like where you are today with VUCA is like the perfect fit for now. You know, it's funny. You you mentioned like niches. Uh, how interesting is it that you, it sounds like you had, you went through a lot of different niches to get to where you're at. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And one thing I like to tell people a lot is like, hey, focus on a niche. And especially like students yeah. that are asking like, well, what do I do? Like they see all these news, like, what do I do? And I always tell them, find a niche. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is, and you are, it sounds like you're almost a prime example of like, just because you pick a niche at some point in time in your life, it doesn't mean that's where you're going to stay forever. Right. It might lead you to the next niche, to the fifth niche that you're like super passionate about. Yeah. Right. Is that, that kind of sounds like it's kind of what happened with you. Exactly. Yeah. So if you don't like something, you can always change it with a, with a pharmacy degree. So, um, we're incredibly versatile. Uh, I think, you know, pharmacy teaches us to be really good problem solvers, but, um, thinking outside the box or, or that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, yeah, I, I really encourage, um, people that are out there to just think about what it is that you want to do and nothing stopping you from, you know, just, the side hustles, you know, yeah. doing it, you got, you can't just accept, expect somebody to, you know, give you this job. You got to Like I volunteered for two years and not thinking anything about getting a job at dispensary of hope. And one opened up and I was the perfect fit for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you, when you niche and you specialize in something, uh, you know, whether you're getting credentials and degrees for that, Mm-hmm. it allows you to like really make a name for yourself and then you can actually pit It's so easy to pivot. Like, like right. just, you said, just having that degree, but when you really double down and, and find a niche, mm-hmm. you start creating these skills to become almost an expert in anything. Right. Um, whereas you can take some of those skills and then translate into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, again, like I just can't, I feel like I can't emphasize enough. Like if you're, whether you're a community pharmacist, you've been working for 10 years or you're still in school, if you find a niche and you start working towards that, like your career can change, can change drastically. Yes. And networking. So, you know, being able to establish yourself online through, you know, you write, write articles that get picked up by medium, writing articles on LinkedIn, having a LinkedIn profile, Mm -hmm. having a a Instagram or whatever type of profile, making those connections on there is really kind of the next way. We always think of like pharmacy being a small world, but, um, you got to put yourself out there and it's not just, you know, going to a conference and attending a session. You've got to like show up and volunteer, be on committees and just, you know, start being engaged. Yeah. So how did you start podcasting? Like what made you was like, Oh, I'm going to do this. How did that start for you? I wanted to hear more about pharmacy and, uh, back then there wasn't a lot of, of options and, um, I thought, Hey, I think I can do this. And so, um, yeah, I've always been, um, passionate about pharmacy and like to be able to, um, connect with other people you know people are always like how do you find your guests to me that's like the easiest (laughs) part super easy it's the easiest part (laughs) and i love talking to people and like hearing what they do Mm. and yeah that kind of like innovation and like what's happening in healthcare from a bigger perspective like not just pharmacy Mm. is really what kind of gets me excited um thinking about you know like well how um what policies are, are maybe happening and like, okay, how do we need to be, um, advocating and, and how can pharmacy show value? So even back when I was interning at HRSA, um, the ACA had just rolled out. And so 
there were specific sections in the ACA that I was reading and reviewing that from like, okay, how does that impact pharmacy and putting together one pagers and things mm-hmm. for the office of pharmacy affairs? Cause it tied right in to some of the things happening with, um, it was the pharmacy services, uh, no, patient safety and clinical pharmacy services collaborative, which is now AIM or the Alliance for Integrated Medication Management. So really, um, pharmacy loves acronyms, man. They we do. get out of control with these they acronyms. They do. Let me tell you. And <laughs> it was really a charge from Congress to say, like, hey, we need um, documentation on what pharmacy's doing. And so that was kind of, you know, the government started it, um, but they can't take on a program like that. So mm-hmm. it rolled off into a nonprofit. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how yeah. I got started in it. What about you? Well, for me, uh, it, and it's funny that we kind of go through the origin story, but like when I first started podcasting, it, it was mostly because I wanted to get, I, I wanted to get uh, the insights of like other mm-hmm. careers in pharmacy. Right. But I also really was curious to know what pharmacy was like in other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I think I started off with like interviewing some people like in other countries. I think it was mostly the UK. I think I got, I got to Canada at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I really wanted to do. But as you know, as the content started to pick up, I just started realizing that and, and way more than I even knew myself that mm-hmm. there was just so many different ways people were practicing pharmacy. Yes. And it just almost, I just kind of had to like, you know, put on the back burner the international interviews because there was just so there's not time. enough time for me to cover the amount of different ways people are practicing pharmacy in mm-hmm. America yeah. you know so so it really did take its its turn to where I was just now exploring all the different aspects of pharmacy here in the US um and which was quite different obviously than what I what I started but it was something I also to me also I didn't really have or or I didn't see was also out there where where the, those those different you know, feels were there. It just mm-hmm. felt like it, it seemed like everything was very cookie cutter on yeah. um, the current things that are out there. So that's kind of what got me going. And also like you, I loved connecting with people. I love to talk to people. So it's like, Oh, why don't I just do it myself? And, you know, just yeah. try to try to do that. So, yeah. So speaking of, you know, sharing about all the different opportunities and career paths that are out there, I, we, I love to share that as well on the talk to your pharmacist podcast. Um, we are seeing a lot of um, change happening, change happening in healthcare, a lot of change happening in pharmacy. So, um, you know, some of the, the Walmart uh, layoffs just mm-hmm. came out. Um, the, you know, number of, of applicants for pharmacy schools is going down, but the number of schools is increasing. Yeah. We've got just a lot of things that are happening and, and people are, are, passionate. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of energy around yeah. that. Um, but you know, when you look at all of the different interviews and people that we've talked to, I think that, um, yeah, maybe, maybe retail or maybe some of the traditional ways that, that pharmacists have, um, had like 30 plus, you know, years in a certain career. Um, we've kind of got to take a step back and say, well, where do I fit in and, yeah. and be willing to, you know, take a leap and, um, and try something new. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely like a huge market correction going on because it's pretty clear that the industry overshot 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at 20 years ago, how, you know, pharmacists were getting sign on bonuses that I remember when I was applying to school or, or when I when I was starting school in 2000, I think I started school. That's what you heard. BMW. I was like, sign yeah, on people bonuses. are getting like, yeah, sign on bonuses, things like that. And I was like, oh, this is great. But it, there was a clear overshot, even in not only were they were we probably were like people probably overshooting new pharmacists getting roles, but just mm-hmm. overshooting the number of pharmacies that were being built. Yeah. You know, so like even we're just seeing now pharmacies are starting to close because of the over they they, Mm -hmm. it was overshot. And I think the same thing happened with pharmacy schools. Um, And I think pharmacy schools, obviously, they overshot. But we're starting to see a market correction. I mean, Mm -hmm. the applicants are going down. The salaries are going down. And if you look at, you know, if you put all these things on a supply and demand graph, I mean, it's it's almost uh, it's unfortunate, but it's really basic supply and demand that we're Mm -hmm. seeing. And we're seeing the we're seeing it start to level off. Yeah. So, you know, and I think over time, one, as we start seeing less applicants or even less quality applicants coming through, mm-hmm. that's going to present more opportunity for people that's already in it. Um, so that's going to be one way to level off. Right. Um, and then it also is going to allow you to, you know, specialize and 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 go into a niche because you have the experience. And it's funny because mm-hmm. a lot of times you go to apply for a job and they're like, well, what experience do you have? You know, so a lot of people that are in it, although we're feeling like this is a a hard time for us, Mm -hmm. you also have 10 years of experience of being a pharmacist under your belt, which you can now transition into something else and say you have the experience. Well, yeah, you might have to take a pay cut, especially if you're making 160 at freaking Walmart. Like, (laughs) you know, you might have to take a pay cut, but um, but, you know, you could use that experience and use that confidence that you have in in being out in the real world than versus a, a student just coming in out of nowhere. Definitely. You know? Yeah. You got to, you got to start somewhere. And I remember first getting out of school and thinking, you know, I finished this residency, like the world, like I'm going to get whatever I want. No, you, you may not. Um, so honestly the first job out, you just kind of got to get started. So I, you hear a lot of, a lot about people who I can't find a job and just starting somewhere just to get that experience doesn't mean that you're going to be stuck there. So you've Mm -hmm. got to be like continuing to look, even if you're maybe doing a a job at, at, you know, retail or or somewhere else that maybe you don't see yourself in long-term, but you just have to like take something Mm -hmm. like, it's not going to be your dream job when you first get started, but down the road with that experience, you will find and where your passion is and be able to, do what you really love yeah so i'm not sure how uh much this is might be thought out for you but uh, let's say when you complete the mba mm-hmm. what's hope what are you hoping that's next for you like is it yeah. to continue to um you know grow um dispensary of hope or um what's like the play there for you yeah well you know i am um, always like to have options mm-hmm. and i think that you know, I've, I even, um, Nashville has an entrepreneur center here and, um, my husband and I actually went through what's called pre-flight last spring. So I had a, an, an idea. It's still kind of in infancy stage. Hopefully it'll launch. We'll see. Um, but we ran through a 14 week course, um, through the entrepreneur center. We had access to over 300 mentors with expertise in IP law, marketing, um, you name it. Uh, I was actually paired up with a 
with a pharmacist who is, was one of the mentors. She's basically the Renaissance player. Like she's like the A team for has been on like multiple startups here. And she'd been on my radar to reach out to anyway. And so it was just kind of, um, serendipitous that she was my, or she was our mentor. So, um, it's, it, it's been, um, Looking at, you know, the, the cannabis industry, I think that there's still a lot of opportunity for pharmacy to, to make a play there. Um, but with any entrepreneurial thing, you know, you want if you're going to fail, you want it to fail fast. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes, you know, you've got to, like, build the right team. And so it's really hard when you've got a full-time job and you're podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, uh, we don't have kids yet, yeah. but... Um, one day, you know, that'll, get hard. that'll be, be even harder. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that that with the MBA, um, I, I, I could either see myself going into having more chief pharmacy officer roles within like health systems or large companies, or if I'm able to start my own business um, and be a solopreneur or, or kind of build out and grow mm-hmm. a company. Um, I have a question about that, that uh, about that um, entrepreneur center. Yeah, that you did. Yeah. What, what would you say was like the biggest like takeaway that you like really got from that? Yeah. Or, like, lesson learned or. Oh, gosh. Um, it was basically like getting a mini MBA in, in 14 weeks. Um, they went through, you know, like, how do you test your target audience? So they would have a one and a half hour class every Monday and basically walked you through like how to launch a product. The end result was pitch night. Mm. So you got together, like you were able to pitch and you basically were pitching to potential investors and to all of these different advisors who, you know, probably sit on, on boards or they, they're, you know, angel investors. My husband does a lot of angel investing, um, for us. And, um, I think it just, um, taught me things that I didn't know, didn't get to learn in pharmacy school. I didn't take a lot of business classes. And, um, I think it taught me how to look at things from more of a, um, marketing entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't do a post MBA or anything like that, um, after pharmacy school, but being in my current role, I'm actually and and attending some of these conferences. Like I'm at RBC Cardinal this week, mm-hmm. and just talking to all these pharmacies and all, and what this particular conference is all like independent pharmacy owners for the most part or small yeah. chain owners, mm-hmm. and it's just interesting to hear them talk about like what their struggles are mm-hmm. and what they're looking for. Now, mm-hmm. the, the takeaway that I'm getting from like a, like a lot of these independent pharmacies is that yeah. There's 20,000 independent pharmacies out there. Uh-huh. And this is uh, who I'm speaking to now is someone that's trying to think of starting something themselves or looking for different ways that they can have a role in pharmacy. Yeah. If you can find a way to tap into helping an independent pharmacy either stay competitive, um, mm-hmm. help them grow their business, help them save money. Yeah. If you can develop something and it could be the smallest thing. Yeah. But if you if you and if you think about it, even if the pharmacy is paying you ten dollars a month mm-hmm. to do something crazy and the the market for independent pharmacies is 20,000 different pharmacies that can scale up pretty quickly. Right. And can be a viable business option for people. So mm-hmm. I'm just like in just the wake of all the news and all the negativity, just like if someone's out there thinking about, oh, man, like, what can I do? Yeah. 
and especially if you're working in a pharmacy now, like you're seeing all this stuff day to day, especially right. if you're at a community pharmacy, start thinking about ways that you can save a pharmacy money somehow yeah. or help them grow their business and just, you know, find people that can help you with developing a business plan. You right. might not be the full entrepreneurial like, skill set, mm -hmm. but if you find if you have an idea and you partner with someone that can help you execute on that, yeah. I mean, that's a viable business option. So going back to the biggest takeaway and then you kind of hit on it, you got to look at what are the pain points? You don't need to just create something just because you think it's cool. You've got to look at, you know, like it is there what's the problem and then how are you going to solve it? So if you just create something that people maybe don't need, I mean, maybe they want it, but they don't need it. Mm -hmm. Um, then, you know, you've got maybe a product that's not going anywhere. So yeah. like same, even going back to like, you know, pharmacists who are wanting to get embedded in um, ambulatory care settings and, and doing more of the concierge pharmacy, um, you've got to look at, okay, well, what are the physicians struggling with the most? Is it maybe the genomic testing? Is it, you know, they can't, um, maybe they're getting dinged on a certain disease state. Um, so find out like what it is and then how can you solve for that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are you, um, what are you the most excited about? Like with pharmacy, like what, if you can think of like, maybe it's like a product or yeah. maybe if it's in the industry, even if you want to talk about like, maybe, oh, how about the cannabis industry? Cause I feel like you are like really in that <laughs> space and you know, like what, what's the state of that right now? Yeah. I mean, like, where are we going? Well, I actually just saw an article on how, so we're seeing consolidation happening in the industry. Um, you're seeing it in, you know, um, manufacturing industry. So, you know, we used to, uh, you had like 10 or 20 manufacturers all making a product. Now you're seeing them consolidate. They're buying others, mergers, acquisitions. Um, we're seeing that happen really fast in the cannabis industry. So they're like, um, like kind of narrowing down and then like looking at their market based on like, okay, well, are they going to like say like Walmart, like everyday low prices, are they going to go for like the low price? Or are they going to like, they're competing for, you know, like where like do people want the like upscale luxury brand? Like maybe like skin, maybe they're going to market that they've got this really high end thing, or maybe they're going to stick to like the low end. So like, yeah. you're, it's still going to kind of break out. Um, so I did see an article on that, but where pharmacy fits in, in that space, um, I think we got to get trained up on it, which is kind of, you know, hopefully what I'll be releasing soon. Um, some training. And then I think that, that we're the experts on how to, you know, educate. You've got to, we've, you know, you've got lots of states that either require pharmacists mm. to be involved in the dispensing. Some states require that. Some states are requiring pharmacists to do the counseling. Um, so I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for um, pharmacists to come in. I mean, even within like functional medicine, nature. I mean, I think that there's just so many different things that, you know, if you have any kind of interest, you can kind of like find niche down yeah. and kind of go in that space. Interesting. Yeah. What are you seeing? Um, you're really into the, the digital space. Mm -hmm. I feel like digital health is a really exciting thing. What yeah. are you seeing? You're in the thick of that. 
um, over at VUCA? So the most exciting thing that I think is coming, I mean, there's obviously everyone's trying everything, right? Like at mm-hmm. some point, everyone's trying wearables. Everyone's trying VR, AR, machine learning. Right. Like there's any sort of buzzword that you could think about in technology. Mm-hmm. Someone in healthcare is trying to see how that can like help improve outcomes and um, change behavior. Yeah. The thing that I'm seeing has the most potential mm-hmm. and probably is the most realistic that can really have an impact on how we educate patients, we connect with patients is um, voice uh, devices. Amazon um, so, Alexa. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Google Home, Alexa, the yeah, Apple Yeah, you've created Pod. some uh, Alexa trainings already, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've, I've worked on um, flash briefings. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, just a quick shout out. My wife has a flash briefing called The Wall Daily on Alexa. And um, flash briefings are basically like, imagine like reading headlines through a newspaper. Like when you go to like, you, you know, your favorite website, and you want to just look through the different headlines. Yeah. A flash briefing is that same thing, just an audio version. So you could you mm-hmm. can enable like NPR, you can enable the weather channel yeah. or, you know, the news channel. And you could say, hey, Alexa, play my flash briefings. And then okay. it'll give you quick snippets of what those companies created for audio. Uh, so it's so like, how is pharmacy or how is what? Where do you see that for health? Well, for healthcare, what should happen and what I might do if I could find some time to do it is like someone should do in a flash briefing that basically gives you, you know, quick updates on what's going on in the news, like in in the healthcare news. You know, like yeah. that should be a, a, a flash briefing. Yeah. Um. But on on the the flip side, there's these things called skills, which are basically like apps. Mm-hmm. And if you think about what happened with the iPhone and the app store. Yeah. You know, like the, I think one of the first apps for the iPhone was like someone drinking a beer, like on the iPhone. I don't know if you remember that, but now there's obviously hundreds of thousands of apps on the app store. Mm -hmm. And obviously almost everything that everyone does nowadays is some sort of app in the app store. Like we look at Facebook, Instagram, Google maps, like it's all apps on the iPhone. Yeah. So if you think about that wave of technology, how that happened over the last 10 years, right? a whole new frontier is happening with that with voice. Okay. So just as how you have these like Alexa devices right. and these Google Homes, mm-hmm. it's basically a platform where there's a, there's a store. It's called They're called skills where mm-hmm. you can build and design all these different skills that people can interact with through voice. Mm-hmm. So with healthcare, what's starting to happen is people are creating healthcare skills on these Alexa devices and all these like voice devices. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a time and I have large companies that I've spoken with that says we're doing this where you can actually say it's, it's not it's not live yet. But over the over the course of the next two years, people yeah. are going to be able to say, hey, Alexa, look, they're going to be looking at their vial and say, hey, Alexa, please refill prescription number one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be tied directly to the pharmacy on the back end for them to be able to fill a, a prescription. Amazon. Yeah. Well, well, Amazon. So <laughs> I'm sure that's going to. I'm, I'm sure, sure that's, that's part of their plan. But, but the cool thing is, is that Amazon is the is really the platform. Just as how right. Apple is the platform. Yeah. They're not gonna they're not gonna um, prevent other companies from coming and creating totally. on top of it. So there's gonna exactly. be like the retailers are gonna be doing this like normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that to me is probably the coolest like real frontier that I see. Yeah. In healthcare, that's like tangible and you yeah. think about it like it's these devices are cheap and I, I had a podcast about it really going through it but right these devices are thirty dollars mm-hmm. to get into your house an, an iphone's a thousand yeah right um they're easy to communicate with all you have to do is know how to speak mm-hmm. you know you don't have to learn how to use you know yeah. a crazy iphone which 
nowadays sounds sounds you know difficult, but if you hand an iPhone to someone who's a little bit older, right, it's going to be a, a challenge for them. Yeah. But if you put an Alexa device in front of them, they could actually engage with that much easier. Right. So that's yeah. a real big frontier for that I'm really seeing. So I love that you mentioned about getting daily briefings on what's happening in, in healthcare. So um, I try to stay up to date on that, even just within the small healthcare space. But yeah. There's so much that's it's happening. Um, yeah, that's going to be a challenge to try to like, get that out as quickly as possible and to distill it. It's like a full-time job. We, I mean, for instance, um, m- many of the large systems companies, they all have advocacy teams dedicated to essentially lobbying or, you know, staying in touch with the congressional leaders. What are the bills happening? And then how does that impact their organization. Yeah. So I think that that's something that um, actually uh, uh, I'm with APHA, I'm on uh, the Care for the Underserved SIG, and we're going to have an advocacy group. Um, so within that small niche for Care for the Underserved, um, my colleague Lisa Scholes and I will be um, leading that. Lisa's going to chair. I'm co-chairing. Lisa does head of, she's head of industry relations for Century Data Systems. She's had a long history within the 340B space. So caring for underserved is really important to her. Um, and so she's, she's got that, knows that I'm really passionate about that too, but yeah, it's a lot to keep up with. Yeah. It's a challenge. I mean, like I, I subscribe to like the FDA alerts to get some things. I also do smart brief, which basically just like, yeah build my inbox with different things um Mm -hmm. but yeah there's so much information out there that's like always happening and then sometimes like you miss something and then you almost get anxiety if like you didn't check it it's like what did i miss did i miss the news that happens to me all the time right sucks but yeah it's tough it's how to like manage all of your inbox so like i'm you know checking like becker's advisory board i mean apha's daily briefings are are good too Mm -hmm. um i gotta get on that but yeah, you've got to. I don't think I get the APHA ones. Yeah, well, they do a good summary. It's pharmacy, pretty pharmacy specific. Yeah. But um, yeah, you got you got to look at. Um, gosh, there's a couple other ones, um, like from an attorney. Uh, oh, drug channels. I, mm-hmm. I Adam Fine. Adam Fine's yeah, drug channels. Man. Yeah. He um he comes out with some. He's he's uh, not messing around. No, he is legitimate. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I saw him speak. Actually, uh, he was at I think it was I was at um Assembia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was at Assembia, and he's really deep into the industry. And right. Um, but that I'm kind of like a watchdog. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that's like his full time job though. Where it's like yes. he's all he's doing is like the blog, and um he speaking. has yeah speaking roles and things mm-hmm. like that, which is great. Um, but yeah, he's legitimate. If you're not following drug channels, especially for the specialty and pharmacy space, I mean, he's legitimate. Right. He watches out for 340B, mm-hmm. all different kinds of of areas of pharmacy for sure. Yeah. He's like the definition of an expert. <laughs> yeah. One day. Yeah. One he's, day. We got to try to get there. <laughs> we got to get yeah. there. If you want to be an expert, you have to go <laughs> look up him and see what he does. And that's like how you do it. Yes. So he's legit. Yeah. Because, you know, when you think about, like, who's who's the experts and the, like, so many people are experts in clinical mm-hmm. pharmacy. Like, you can look out and say, okay, well, somebody's, you know, really got specialty pharmacy dialed in. Like, I mean, we're, we're right here in Nashville, Vanderbilt, 
does an awesome job of that. There's mm-hmm. lots of other groups that are like really excelling in specialty pharmacy. Um, but when it comes to having a grasp on all of that, yeah. um, like an Adam Fine, I mean, that's like yeah. kind of a goal. So, well, I'm pretty proud to say that I'm pretty sure like my expertise has over time has just become in making memes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that is what I am super really good at. And I'm proud of it. Yes. My meme skills are impeccable. Meme so. skills. <laughs> Add that to your resume. That is going on the resume. If I ever I hope I never have to get my resume out again, but if I do, that is gonna be on there. Like yeah. professional meme maker. So speaking of, you didn't have to give your resume when you got the VUCA job, did no. you? Yeah, so, they came to you. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was really great. And and the the way that played out was I was actually um I was in, I was an intern essentially with the with the company when they were just a startup in school. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like the my building of my brand and yep. just like they uh, the founders were kind of following Impressed me I think, through by that. You, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I didn't apply. There was no opening for this where I reached out and applied. They reached out and said, hey, you know, we're considering that like it wasn't an immediate like, hey, here's a job. Like I did have mm-hmm. to interview and do things like that still. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, I think they had other people that they were considering. So it, right. it was something that I still had to make sure I was like, you know, um, willing to step up and, and take that role. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it was something that they kind of came to me, I think, because they saw mm-hmm. like the brand that I was doing and all the content I was making and my passion for the industry. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, hopefully and resumes. Suck. And you know, think about resumes too. like at some point we all kind of have the same resume. Yeah. So and I feel like what really helps you stick out is like, you know, what is it that you're passionate about? Um, right. What can people see from you? How do they interact with you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you work with them? Does your personalities, you know, work yeah. well? Does your skill set bring something unique, you know, that someone else might not have in mind? Because I just feel like these resumes, a lot of times, like people overthink it a lot. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm also wondering if LinkedIn is becoming like what people look to. Because I know for a fact that most people, when they're looking up a candidate, I look on LinkedIn, they're looking number at one. LinkedIn first, definitely, but sometimes they'll check other things too, like yeah. Twitter, Instagram, things like that. So it's like I go online anytime I'm gonna meet with somebody. Like yeah. if I'm searching for guests or things or just, you know, any type of business, LinkedIn mm-hmm. for sure. Although I hate the spammers. Oh my god, these freaking <laughs> guys, man. Like I'm always getting an email about stuff and it's just like the majority of it is like financial planners. If you're a pharmacist yes. now and you're like gonna be <laughs> And a pharmacist is in your profile. Just be prepared, and you're on LinkedIn, and be prepared for financial planners. Ten different financial, and not saying that they're bad, but like it's like usually you get one like right out of school. Yeah. But then like you're gonna get a message from one every week. Right. Um. From some point, so yeah, yeah. that's kind of difficult to deal with. There are, are skills that <laughs> that are now being taught in pharmacy school, like thanks to like the your financial pharmacist mm-hmm. guys bringing awareness about being, you know, aware of your finances and, um, again, entrepreneurship, um, things that, you know, maybe weren't taught in curriculums earlier, but you just got to have to building your LinkedIn profile, Mm -hmm. how to communicate. Like it's all about communication these days. Like, I mean, I've got students that send emails like they're texting and, you know, you gotta like uphold that professionalism, First and foremost, so. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure if you want to talk about anything else on here. 
think we're good. Yeah. We covered a lot of bases. Cool. Yeah. Did you see our, our recent thing about the uh, OMG uh, pharmacy Which, by any chance? Uh, so like with RX Radio, so we're, we're um, the last episode for, for our podcast was, was my wife and myself where we basically read crazy pharmacy stories. Oh, yes. Okay. So um, if you have any. Yeah. Or if anyone that's listening on Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast and you have a story that's mm-hmm. funny, like a funny story in a pharmacy or a crazy story. Yeah. Please email me and let me know so I can re- like we can talk about it on my podcast because yeah. that would be helpful. You can email that to omg at rxradio.fm. Yeah. Or just send me a message on social media. Awesome. Yeah. But well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, how can people... Uh, connect with you back on social media yeah so on instagram at talk to your pharmacist um also on facebook i've got a website um www.pharmacyadvisory.com all the show notes and and different things about services things also linkedin um but you know don't spam her something about linkedin though (laughs) is i so appreciate it when people actually send a note yeah like if you want to be a guest or if you have a reason that you're reaching out, like, like if, or maybe you listen to the podcast, like I love getting notes that are like, Hey, I just listened to your podcast. Um, love the episode. That is so helpful. Yeah. And it's like so much more meaningful than to just get like a ad as a friend type of yeah, thing. Definitely. So yeah. And, so, and there's lots of different ways to find you as well. Yeah. So every social media platform, you can find the podcast. It's at rxradio.fm. Uh, and then obviously my name is Richard Waith. If you want to connect with me on any you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn as well. Um, and then the company is called VUCA Health. It's Vias and Victor. You umbrella, C is and Charlie, A is and Apple, VUCA Health. If you want to see what I'm up to there. But thanks, everyone. Thanks. Really hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, A quick reminder here, the OMG Pharmacy Stories. If you can please submit your crazy stories. I got a lot of great feedback um, from volume one. Um, We had a blast. Uh, My wife and I had a blast kind of talking through those stories. They were really funny. Some of them were crazy. Um, But please submit your stories. I made it easy now to actually submit a story completely anonymously. Uh, It's basically like a Google form I created. Uh, That link is on all the social media platforms. and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. Um, And then I'll also have a link to the uh, pins uh, in the show notes as well to the lapel pins um, in case anyone's interested. So I wanted to do something special for the listeners, though. So if you do want to get one of these pins, um, they're really cool. One of them is a like a pill emoji, like kind of the emoji that we use when we're texting. Um, And then the other one is kind of the the classic traditional modern pestle with an RX on it. Um, If you do want to get one of these pins at checkout, use podcast pin. Um, as, a, as a discount code, and you'll get 50% off, 5-0, 50% off of that, um, of those pins. And um, that's going to be good for until that discount code is going to be good until Monday, the 29th um, at 1159 p.m. And uh, again, I just wanted to do that because I do only have a limited amount of these. So I wanted to give listeners kind of a first go at it. I'm not sure what the demand is going to be like, um, but I will be posting about it on all other platforms uh, Sunday night. So uh, if you want to make sure they don't sell out, which I have no idea if they will or will not, I just don't know the demand for these, but I just wanted to give you a go at it in case you guys do want it. You'll get a deep discount and um, you'll get first dibs. And um, again, just use that discount code in there and hope you guys enjoy the pins. I'll be wearing them probably on my suits now, especially I I personally really like the uh, emoji pin. I really got that one for myself. 
Um, so I'll be wearing that most likely on um, anytime I'm wearing, I'm wearing a suit. It's going to go on the lapel pin there. So, And um, as usual, just you know, follow on any of your favorite social media platforms. Uh, thanks for tuning in and hope you have a great rest of your day. Oh, and don't forget to check out Hillary's podcast, the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Okay, bye.